Welcome to Ag Annex Talks, a podcast brought to you by the agriculture brands of Annex Business Media. Join the teams behind Top Crop Manager, Potatoes in Canada, Fruit and Vegetable, Manure Manager, Canadian Poultry, Drainage Contractor, and The Trough Magazines for compelling conversations with some of the most important voices in Canadian agriculture. This podcast is made possible by Braun, building quality drainage plows and accessories since 1974. Visit brawnrwf.com for more information. That's B-R-O-N-R-W-F dot com. Welcome back to The Groundbreakers. I'm your host, drainage contractor editor, Bree Rohde. Today, we're talking to our third 2023 honoree, Chris Hay of the Iowa Soybean Association. Nominated by 2022 Groundbreaker, Jeremy Miners, Chris is known across the U.S., especially in the Midwest, for his contributions to the field of agricultural drainage, not only in terms of developing key software such as iGro, but also in terms of his work with extension and outreach. Described by Jeremy as a legend and a great communicator on conservation drainage, Chris is widely known in the industry for bridging gaps, bringing people together, and imparting practical knowledge at all levels. Here's my chat with Chris. All right. So, Chris, we always say, you know, in uh, in the words of I think it was the band Foreigner, we're going to start from the start. Um, <laughs> so can you tell me about um, how you came into your current position, what your history has been in terms of agriculture and water management? Sure. So uh, I'm kind of late to the drainage game. Um, it's nothing I ever intended to do. In fact, I uh, uh, tried to uh, uh, avoid agriculture because that's what dad did. And so I wanted to do something else. And so uh, um, it took a took a, a few fits and starts uh, as an undergrad before I figured out what I wanted to do and it ended up uh, being ag engineering. And, and But even then, I, uh, uh, I was focused on, on irrigation and water quality. And so, you know, my earlier career was all dealing with with irrigation, water quality, uh, water quantity, and and water rights out west, and and uh, um, but in that process, it kind of caught the academic bug, and so I <laughs> went back to school to to get my PhD and, uh, at Nebraska, and, and again was still focused on on kind of the the irrigation side of things, but uh, took a position up at South Dakota State University, and and thinking I, again still going to be doing irrigation, but all these people are calling me asking me drainage questions, and and uh, I'm like, well. Uh, I've done drainage except for a grad class 15 years ago. And now all of a sudden I got to figure out this drainage stuff. So fortunately I uh, had good mentors, Gary Sands being one of them, uh, but that got me hooked up and and got me to, to learn drainage and, and got me involved. And so, uh, uh, you know, kind of took off running and, and learning drainage and becoming a, a drainage engineer. And so, uh, uh, you know, got involved with uh, um, uh, designing uh, bioreactors, other kind of water quality practices around drainage and then teaching drainage to, to both the students and then to as an extension to, to farmers and contractors uh, working on drainage projects and and uh, you know over time kind of figured out that you know as much as I you know, like the academic th- side of things uh, I kind of wanted to get back a little closer to the ground and that's what brought me to Iowa soybean and so I uh, still do a lot of the same things I enjoyed uh, before I still uh, uh, do uh, applied research on on edge of field practices. I uh, still work with farmers on on drainage questions, um, uh, but but you know work more directly with the farmers and and producers and contractors and and, uh, and trying to actually get things on the ground as opposed to to more kind of the, the ivory tower approach. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll talk about uh, your work with Iowa Soybean in just a bit, but I'd love to know, especially because you've said you came to drainage uh, later in life and kind of caught the bug, as you said, um, what is it about drainage in that aspect that kind of excites you and makes you made you feel like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to be learning here? Well, you know, I... You know, uh... 
it was just mind blowing to me at first because I came from water short areas where, you know, everyone argued over too little water. And so to go to some place where people are arguing over too much water and just as, as, uh, as uh, passionately you know, it blew my mind. And so, uh, you know, I kind of had to figure out why, why is this what's going on? And so, uh, uh, again, as I kind of got my, my feet wet, uh, uh, so to speak in drainage, you know, I, I realized it's still just water moving through soil, which was always what has, has interested me. And it was just another aspect of that. And so, uh, you know, then figuring out what the issues are and, and, you know, as an engineer, I, I think I'm a problem solver. And so when there's problems there, I want to solve them. And so, you know, there was obviously, uh, issues with, with, uh, um, uh, drainage in South Dakota because it was new to the area that there, you know, there had been some historic drainage, but, uh, you know, it wasn't something that was actively going on for many years and, and then had been really revived when they went into a wet cycle. And so uh, there was lack of knowledge about drainage, especially uh, among the public, a lot of fear about what that might mean for for flooding and water quality. And so uh, trying to assuage some of those fears and, and you know, work with farmers on how to, to do it best for, for farmers that hadn't thought about drainage in a long time, if ever. Um, and then, you know, again, uh, trying to get ahead of uh, because we had that opportunity to try and get ahead of some of the water quality issues and, and how can we do this in a way that, that uh, um, you know, minimizes any impact that we do have on water quality. Mm -hmm. So tell me about the work that you're doing with Iowa Soybean. So uh, kind of a mix. Uh, so uh, I do some, some again, kind of applied research projects. So uh, one of the, the more interesting things that we're looking at now is, is drainage water recycling. And so that's exciting for me because now I get mm -hmm. to blend the irrigation and the drainage. I get to, to work with them both. And so, um, you know, I think uh, uh, as, as uh, you know, look at more extreme precipitation and longer periods of drought and, and concerns around that, There's there's been kind of a revived interest in this idea of can we capture drainage water and reuse it as irrigation? And, and you know, kind of the other driver is then the water quality benefit that we can have with that too, that we're recycling those, those nutrients in the water as well back into the field. And so that one's kind of an exciting new one. Um, uh, still do work on, on how we can improve bioreactors, saturated buffers, and some of those practices. And um, uh, so that's kind of the research side things. And then we also do a lot of implementation projects. So uh, we'll work with watersheds on, on um, trying to implement edge of field practices. And so I provide some of the technical support for that and then, you know, work through uh, how can we improve the, the process of implementing these practices so that we can get more of them on the landscape. Uh, and then the, the third one is, is a lot of, of uh, continue to do public education. So uh, both the farmers, contractors, and, and general public and, and others that are interested or stakeholders in, in water management and water quality. Mm -hmm. I guess uh, drainage water recycling is a little bit of the best of both worlds in terms of your background, eh? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it, it blends what I used to do with what I do now. And so it, mm -hmm. it's been a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Now, on the topic of public education, and you mentioned, you know, some of the conceptions or fears that people have about drainage. Um, you know, even in the two years that I've been doing this, I've noticed, you know, there's a lot of efforts to kind of improve the, I guess, reputation of drainage, the relationship with various stakeholders. How, especially in a place like Iowa, where things are, you know, it's a very drainage heavy state, from my understanding. Um, how is that improving the perceptions of drainage, the efforts that contractors are making? Well, you know, I think uh, um, that, uh, you know, yes, 
you know, when we drain more water, um, nitrate's going to come with that. We know that. And so you know, I think uh, recognizing that, but then figuring out, okay, well, well what do we do about that? And so, um, you know, I think uh, efforts around edge appeal practices, efforts around, um, um, you know, how do we how do we do this as, as responsibly as possible? And then, you know, contractors uh, becoming more and more aware of, of opportunities with, with uh, you know, managing the, the drainage water that, that, you know, another idea that, that came from irrigation is, you know, we wouldn't think of putting in an irrigation system where you couldn't control how much water you're putting on and when it's going on. But that's exactly how historically we've put in drainage systems that whenever the water table comes up, we drain it away. But, you know, recognizing that uh, many times of the year, we don't need that full amount of drainage. And so uh, where there's opportunities, let, let's manage that and, and take advantage of that water when we can. And so, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the starting level. But then, uh, you know, can we look at, at, uh, at uh, drainage water recycling or running it through an edge of field practice to, to provide a water quality benefit and get multiple benefits from that drainage system that uh, gives us an opportunity that they wouldn't have if it was just uh, regular, uh, you know, runoff and, and groundwater flow. Uh, uh, but that, that drainage system does give us some opportunities to do some things we otherwise couldn't take advantage of. If you're listening to this, it's because you love hearing different perspectives from the field. But you know what's just as good? Seeing perspectives from the field. If you want to show Drainage Contractors readership your highlights, this is your sign to enter the Drainage Contractor 2023 photo contest. Whether it's digging trenches or basins, laying tile, creating intriguing new systems, or taking in the whole finished product, your photo could be featured on the cover of Drainage Contractors November issue. Submissions will be accepted from July 10th until September 15th. Please ensure that your photo is a valid image format and 8 by 10 inches at 300 dpi resolution. You can submit at drainagecontractor.com slash photocontest or find the link on our homepage in the top menu bar. Mm -hmm. And in your experience, and I know I'm asking, it's always hard when you ask people who come from a science background to give you just an anecdotal, like, but based on your uh, your anecdotal experience, how do you feel the public perception is uh, improving? I mean, I know it would be different in Iowa where, you know, like you said, there has been a lot of drainage as opposed to like a South Dakota, but um, do you sense that public understanding of drainage improving? Um. Yes and no. I, you know, in, in some cases, yes. Uh, yeah. Drainage did get kind of a, a bad name for for a long time, and and so I think we're still trying to overcome some of that that black eye that uh, you know uh, we had from um, um, when we went from actually. Uh, paying for people to put drainage in as a conservation practice to all of a sudden saying, no, 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 we don't want to encourage that anymore. And now again, kind of coming back around that, yes, we need drainage, but how can we do it better? And so, um, you know, I, in some cases, yes, we are making progress. In other cases, we've still got work to do to try and improve the reputation and and, and the understanding of, of things that we can do with drainage to to try and, and get multiple benefits. And so, yeah, I think still work to do, but, but we are making progress. Mm -hmm. And of all those innovations you've talked about, you know, saturated buffers, edge of field practices, uh, controlled drainage, um, what are some of the ones that, I guess, excite you the most or feel the most, um, like you're just, I guess, having the most fun with it? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I think you know I've already said that, that drainage water recycling is certainly one of those that that really gets me excited because it it really you know it's multiple win wins. You know, we, you've got the production benefit, you've got the water quality benefit. You're dealing with excess water conditions, you're dealing with with dry conditions, um, and and addressing both of those. Um, 
then, you know, we can build in other benefits. If we want a habitat benefit, we could build in, you know, shallow water wetland uh, habitat, some of that storage, or, you know, we could provide water for, for other types of, of wildlife or, or habitat benefits. Um, you know, if we, if we get to the point where we do this at a large enough scale, we could, we could potentially control these for, for uh, flood mitigation as well, to some extent. So, you know, and, the other thing is, you know, so many of our practices are, are nitrogen or, or phosphorus specific. This one really addresses them both. So, I get I get excited because there's there's so many so many win win situations that we can create with that practice. But uh, mm. yeah, I you know, again, I'm I'm a problem solver, so uh, I, I always look to whichever one fits best. And so, uh, in some cases, that's going to be another practice, and and I'll figure out how to make that work. For sure. And uh, so those are some of the opportunities. Um, what are some of the current uh, challenges that um, you uh, that you're facing maybe uh, consistently in water management, particularly in Iowa? Well, you know, I, I think uh, a couple things. One is that uh, it, it's it's old, a lot of old drainage here. So certainly, um, um, you know, folks are continuing to expand and, and, and uh, um, intensify the drainage that's here. But um, there's still a lot of, of, you know, hundred year old or, or, you know, multi-decade old drainage here. And so trying to retrofit some practices and especially control drainage can be, can be challenging because the, the systems weren't put in with that thought in mind. And so um, sometimes we're limited from, from these old drainage systems and what we can do to, to retrofit some new practices. Um, another challenge then is, as we look, especially at the, the edge of field water quality practices is, is uh, just the the barriers to implementation that uh, uh, unfortunately, you know, one of the exciting things about drainage water recycling and controlled drainage to a little lesser extent is that does have some benefit to the farmer, but bioreactor saturated buffers um, really not providing a, a benefit back to the farmer. It's, it's a downstream benefit. And so how do you incentivize them to, to want to build something into their operation that, you know, even though we, we generally can, can get to full cost share where they're not, paying out of pocket for it, but, you know, they still got to do paperwork. They've got to work through the program and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, jump through some hurdles to get it installed to do something that, that, you know, again, it isn't really a benefit directly back to them. And so, um, you know, minimizing the the red tape and and the the you know, some of the, the problems that go with working through these programs and making it easier for folks that do uh, want to do something to, to be able to do that without, uh, without as much effort as we sometimes require to do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you've had a very varied career, um, in terms of your background, you've probably, you know, been mentored by many people. What's some of the best, uh, advice you've gotten throughout your career that's kind of stuck with you? Oh, uh, you know, I, um, I should have given you I... some time to think about this, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my earlier uh, jobs was uh, as a water rights engineer, doing consulting engineer for for water rights in Colorado, which is a legal process. And so it was an engineer lawyer team to do anything with with water rights. And so, um, you know, having that scrutiny of your work going through a legal process and knowing that lawyers and other engineers were going to be pouring over everything you did, uh, um, you know, uh, one of my uh, my boss said, you know, one of the things you're going to learn is it's much easier to to uh, um, to 
review someone else's work and find the problems than it is to do good work yourself. And so you've really got to focus on on making sure you get it uh, as right as possible that first time, because uh, otherwise people are going to scrutinize it and, and find the flaws in it. And so uh, that's always kind of stuck with me as, as uh, you know, so I've got a little bit of a perfectionist mindset that I want to I want to try and get it right the first time. So uh, yeah. folks aren't finding the, the problems with my work. So that's certainly one. And, and then, uh, you know, I think, um, um, you know, some of the the mentors then uh, as I was getting into drainage, which was some a little bit uncomfortable for me coming from not having dealt with that before was, uh, you know, just uh, being willing to get out of your comfort zone that that sometimes that's where the magic happens. And so, uh, you know, I think it really, it really has been a, a boon for my career to, to, to do, jump into something new and, and, and really try and figure it out and, and work with the folks that can help me do that and, and make a lot of connections in the process. And, and uh, so, uh, hopefully, I like to think that I've been able to do some good things because of that. I'm sure you have. Um, now, in your current position, uh, have you had that chance to kind of play that role yourself and start mentoring others? Yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of fun to when when things come around that way. And so, yeah, there's there's a crop of new kind of drainage uh, uh, engineers and and folks working on on edgefield practices and and drainage design and and teaching folks about drainage. And so, uh, you know, being able to work with with some of them and 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 try and pass on some of the knowledge that that uh, I got from from some of my mentors, it's been fun to to be able to do that now. Mm -hmm. Now, I know aside from, you know, a couple of recent years when for some reason we weren't able to travel very much, I can't quite remember why. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, how much do you get to kind of work in places outside of Iowa or go and see how things are done elsewhere? You know, I it's uh, it's again kind of one of the things I like about Iowa soybean is is uh, yes we're we're focused on Iowa and trying to to work with Iowa soybean farmers but uh, you know not all the great ideas happen in Iowa either and so uh, you know I do have some opportunities to work uh, in, in multi-state collaborations uh, um, both on the research side and and public education and outreach and and so um, yeah it's it's nice to be able to to see what other places are doing and, and share ideas and and then uh, and then bring those back to Iowa then then figure out how we make it work here in Iowa as well so so yeah mm. I, and I asked that because when you mentioned you know South Dakota State uh, South Dakota being uh, you know at the time an up and come or I guess up and coming is probably the term for uh, yeah. as drainage um you know and I'm, I'm thinking of places like I live in southern Ontario where there mm -hmm. is a lot of very well established drainage and you know great lakes to drain into as opposed to some place like Manitoba which this past summer was very very wet and really affected the growing season and it's a growing drainage market but they have different challenges there so what are some of the I guess uh the that you've witnessed up and coming drainage markets and some of the challenges that you've seen that are specific to those new areas. Well, and so the Dakotas in general at the time I was there was, was you know, things were, were fairly new there. And so um, it, and similar to Manitoba. So uh, one of the things that I did while I was at South Dakota State was worked with University of Minnesota and North Dakota State on a series of, of drainage design workshops. And so uh, that was contractors and, and then farmers that were doing, you know, wanting to do it themselves as far as drainage. But, you know, uh, early on, we started getting a lot of Manitobans and even some, uh, you know, some folks from Saskatchewan as well coming down to those because there was a kind of a dearth of, of drainage knowledge up in, the, in those provinces. And so they were wanting to come to someplace where they could learn more so, you know, I think especially in those areas, it's a little different because, um, uh, again, they're dealing with both extremes you, in, in any one year. And, and in the same year, it can be 
far too dry and far too wet in the same year. And so how do you deal with, with that situation where, you know, it's, it's way too wet in the spring and you got to get rid of that water, but then it, come July, you, you're going to wish that you had more water. And so, you know, I think uh, um, it gave us an opportunity that we could kind of see what had happened in, in uh, areas where drainage had developed earlier, but uh, look at how we might do things differently to design these, to, to build in that, that ability to manage water through controlled drainage or other practices to, to maybe try and stem off some, some of the issues that we see here. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so my last question, and I, I am well aware this is a cheesy question. We own it though. Um, <laughs> so when you kind of get up in the morning and you're getting ready to go to work, what, um, what makes you most excited? What's kind of propelling you forward in that? Um, I'll come back to kind of that problem solving mindset that I usually wake up where there's at least one problem that I know that I need to try and address that day. And if I can do something that, you know, the ideal is when I can actually solve that problem, but, uh, you know, if I can at least make some progress on it, that's always at least uh, something that, that gets me out of bed to, to try and see if I can't make a little more progress to, to solving another problem. And, you know, the, the, like the, the biggest, uh, job satisfaction is, is, you know, when a, when a farmer or a contractor, uh, you know, calls and says, Oh, you know, that was perfect. That's just what I needed. And, and so, uh, you know, it doesn't always happen. And uh, sometimes they're not the most uh, vocal people and, and not always willing to, to, to uh, um, share that praise, but when they do, it's it's always it's always kind of special to to know that that he did did help someone out with a problem. Thank you so much for listening to the Groundbreakers. We'll be back in two weeks with our final episode in which we talk with Dr. Gary Sands. We want to thank Braun for their sponsorship of this episode and the Groundbreakers program, as well as Prinsco, which also sponsors the Groundbreakers program. Thank you for listening to Ag Annex Talks, the podcast brought to you by the agricultural brands of Annex Business Media. You can subscribe to Ag Annex Talks wherever you listen to podcasts, or visit agannex.com to catch up on all our other episodes.